October 10, 2020, it's a lot for Pedro's show.
Happy Saturday. Uh, let's see, we started off with John Coltrane doing Moments Notice. And then a uh, song from the new album. You know, Brother Matt, he was stuck in the desert. His car kaput and being repaired. But we're in quarantino mode anyway. So, But I'm not totally man alone because through the magic of those Estonian software engineers in their Skype invention. I got the RU cops with me from not Stonehurst, but Sun Valley. Woo-hoo. All right. Now, I, was there, I was there at this very pad, people, maybe a month that ago was- to take some pictures. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool of you. Thanks for doing that. You like it out here? What other reasons have you ever come out here for? Well, of course, to share stage at Sunspace three times with Are You a Cop? Oh, that's fun time. Which is a short ride for you guys. And you guys got to share stage here in Pedro, actually a deck at Harold's place. But (laughs) the other reason why I've been in your parts is because Tony from the Dills, Tony 19, lived not too far away, and in fact, uh, I saw him right before he passed, and he wrote on my base. Oh. Yeah, I love you, Mike, 19. He said, Mike, you don't mind if I'm too romantic? I said, don't worry, Tony. He's my, oh. He was such my hero. So those are my reasons. I've been in your parts because of you guys and because of Tony from the Dills. Oh. And, uh, but, you know, we've got to tell people, uh, I don't know how many of you are native, because I know you, Jonathan, is Memphis, but we're... The the whole SoCal thing's 150 t- I mean, we're not one town. We're a lot of different fucking towns, and we're spread out big time. You fly over, you, it looks like one. Anyway, this was the, the kind of the song, the eponymous song. It's actually named after the band, Are You a Cop? And the big change, Are You a Cop 2020, right? Because this is the first time the band, the bands, we're going to get into the history of the band, but this is the first time the band has actually put a question mark at the end of their name. Ah, you noticed that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now, who wants to go first? Because I want to go through you guys' briefly journey through music to see how you ended up here. Well, as being the guy who always likes to jump into the pool first, hi, it's Jonathan. I'll go first. Jonathan, what's your earliest musical recollection? Oh, that would be in my parents' Lincoln in downtown Memphis listening to the Beatles' Rubber Soul my mom was a big Beatles, Rolling Stones person. So at like about three years old, four, I already know all the rubber soul. So, so yeah. Those... Qu- question. It's in a car. So is it cassette or is it eight track? Oh, it's an eight track. And yeah. man, eight tracks are fun. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now at the pad, were your parents listeners, players, or both? Uh, listeners. My mom and dad lived with Alex Chilton from Big Star. And when I was born, and so they were really fans and kind of helped out with the box tops and Big Star and Alex before he really got with Tab Falco and all of that stuff on court right behind the Antenna Club off Madison. And so by the Piggly all Wiggly, that was really right by the Piggly Wiggly. Exactly. And back in the early days, it was Fred Montesi. <laughs> ah, okay. You guys played. Like when I was there to see the Minutemen, where I'm too young to get in, but it was the Fred Montesi parking lot I'm skateboarding out front in. That's right. It wasn't. We can hear the bong hit. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It was not Piggly Wiggly yet. Right. The the chain hadn't come down. People, that's a big chain in the South. Well, I think they're on their way out, but for a time there, they were. were, uh, uh, So, so if. 
if Alex Chilton was there, there must have been a guitar in the pad. Oh, you better believe it. Well, there's a there's an attitude piano and a whole bunch of instruments because my dad being friends with John Fry at Ardent, and my dad did the Ardent logo and stuff, so he got all these extra leftover uh, just musical instruments to, he wanted to draw and do stuff with, and so I just started kind of trying to learn how to play them, even though they're not tuned properly or anything. Okay, so you you were jumping on, and somebody's making a bunch of fucking noise and want to slap a bald spot in the back of their head. So please. Hit Ash. That's Ash. The plot from Pedro's show is not that long. Just give us a little bit, okay? Because when people are listening back to this, they're going to be going, motherfuckers. It's like the guys with the beer bottle. You don't hear it tinking until you hear the show. (laughs) (laughs) We're hands up. Okay, so so what was the first record you bought yourself with your own money, Jonathan? Ooh, my first record. That's a great question. I think it was the Kinks. Uh, with the Village Presbyterian Society is the first record I ever bought with my own money money. And what's the first gig you went and saw? Scream at the Antenna Club okay. is my first show. Was no Dave Grohl yet? No, I don't think it was Dave. Yeah, it was right before. Still Screaming's out and the it's, new it's, Yellow Records. It was those brothers. Uh, uh, they, 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 the Strons, got, they, they, they made a band called Wool later, right? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. What about at school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? All the above. At Grace St. Luke's, I'm in the school choir in the tenor section. Then I go to Snowden and I'm playing bass in the junior high school band. A marching band? No, no, no. No, no. Not a marching band. It was more of an orchestral yeah, band, right. even though we okay. one march. Okay. And you ain't playing stand-up. You're playing actually electric bass like you are now. Exactly. A P bass, yeah. Okay. Okay, interesting. Uh, I want to play here, James Worthy. I, I got him to sign one of, one of my bases. I know, I love that.
confidential. This case is
time and strain and trouble Ain't got nothing on me I am stronger with my steps these days I am working on how to be And you, you always showed me The good in everything You never forced your will upon me and you taught me how to better see But there's a loudness there outside our door And it feels time to shut it out And crawl back into this American night I will run my hand Along your back Run my hands Along your back
cruel jewels and aprons.
Pedro show. We heard James Worthy. Are you a cop? Uh, prove it from television when they had Dick Hell in the band, 1974. Some of those uh, uh, demos they made for Brian Eno. Uh, shopping music, Appalachian from Thor Harrison, Rob Halverson, Will Johnson with Incline, Wag Platty, Kano Tobira, a guy to buy voices, cool jewels and aprons, two backs. Fungar Part 2. I never got Part 1, I don't think. But they're from Italy. The Emperor's Ice Cream for Brighton, England with Travel Time. Wild Rats. That's me and Thirst Steve Shelley getting to play with Ron Ashton for a movie soundtrack. Uh, Velvet Goldmine, 1997. Be My Unclean and uh, Mark Arm singing. Great cat. And finally, Future X. This is reading into the future with Are You a Cop? Who wants to go next? I'll go next. Drummer? Earliest, yeah. earliest musical memory. My earliest memory? Musical memory. Uh, yeah, let's see. I was in Georgia, kind of a redneck town, so we didn't have much access to anything. I remember when we first got FM radio and 96 rock when I started to hear some rock and roll. So it was... The 70s, pretty much like Zeppelin and um, from Zeppelin, ACDC to Skinner, more of the rock grounds. So in the pad where you grew up, there was no instruments? There was um, a piano and my dad had a saxophone that my sister ended up learning pretty good. And um, I got attracted to drums. I just liked the way they looked. So I wanted a drum kit and they bought me an acoustic guitar. So... 
I'd sit there and uh, take the strings off and play the back of the acoustic guitar. And they finally, uh, I guess, decided to get me a little cheapo kit from Sears and Roebuck. And um, that was the start of that. Where'd you practice? Laundry room. Okay. Which is really a back porch. And, sure, um, sure, like pantry trip. Yeah, and then uh, they remodeled the house. Uh, and when I, I got the upstairs, they put in an attic of this old house and, uh, I got into, it was kind of the standard thing. You didn't have a lot of options. So I did marching band, orchestral band and all that kind of stuff. And really you didn't have anybody to jam with all, as far as playing like more of a rock or playing with the kits so much, but, um, did a lot of practicing and a lot of different kinds of percussion. Did you, uh in the marching band, what was it? Snare or field drummer? Snare. Okay. Yeah, I did pretty well in that. And, and um, yeah, but because I noticed you used match grip, but did you do traditional? Yeah, okay. did both. We actually started with traditional. Yeah, of course, because you're slinging the drum on the side there, right? Yeah, yeah, and that was kind of how it was definitely taught for a while. I did have some um, some outside lessons and stuff, and um. I actually studied with one of the guys from um, the Atlanta Orchestra and I uh, drive up to Atlanta, which was quite a long, you know, about an hour drive, even when I was a teenager and still, you know, do it during the school week and stuff. So I, I was I was pretty dedicated to a lot of practice back then. And was he a good teacher? Yeah, he was. He's kind of an interesting guy. He. Um, what was his name? One thing he, oh, God, I can't even remember. I just wanted to give him credit. Okay. I would too. I don't even know if he's alive anymore. Man. Probably, not, you know probably not. Uh But he, one thing he impressed me with was his t metronome timing. And back then, we didn't have the digital. You know, it was the, the wind-up metronome. Sure. But he could sit there and look at his watch. He had a watch with a second hand on it, and he he would get like sixty beats a minute, one twenty. You know, divide it up. He'd start playing a rhythm, maybe just a paradiddle or something, and he'd shut it, and he wouldn't look at his watch. And he'd play for a minute, and he'd come back, and the guy could be like right on it without even looking at it or hearing it. He he had a built-in clock. Yeah, kind that, of natural, uh, natural. Blew my mind, you know. I was like, damn, that's that's pretty tricky. What was the first record you bought yourself? I don't remember. It might have been. Uh, remember the Wap for Pedro show? There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. I think it might have been yes, close to the edge. Okay, and what was the first gig you saw? Leonard Skinnerd. Okay. Yeah. Now, did you do the thing? I didn't ask Jonathan, but did you do the thing like after school where you get a garage band, a basement band, bedroom band? You know, not during high school. I mean, I had one, uh, I had a cousin in North Carolina, so he'd come and visit on the summertime. Yeah. And that's where I even had a kit. So I had like a snare drum, a hi hat, and I actually played like coffee cans and cardboard box, and he had a little, uh, silver tone amp or some shit and we do like chuck berry and stuff and then but he that only be once in the summer i had a friend that that played guitar pretty well in high school and we would jam a little bit but we didn't have a bass player so i really didn't get much experience until i moved out to atlanta and then um and then i did you know got into quite a few bands out there what was your first gig my first gig um uh, Actually, it was really wild. I was with this band called uh, The Push, and one of our songs got on 96 Rock on this Home Cooking album, and we actually played uh, the Omni Arena after a, 
basketball game or something. They they set up a stage which was like, you know, and it's a fifteen thousand seater, and there's maybe like a thousand people in there after the game. <laughs> but that was your first fucking gig. That was our first gig. Wow. We actually got to play there. Our third gig was the Fox Theater. Oh, and, I know uh, that pad. I know that pad. It's got fucking lights in the roof, so yeah, that look like stars. Yeah. So we got to do some really cool gigs. And when they, back then, there was a club called the Agora Ballroom. It, Alex Cooley, it used sure. to be the electric ball. Yeah, it was really... Actually, there was Agoras there. all over the country. I played one in Cleveland. Yeah. We, you know, and I, the, the, our band did well. We got to open up for quite a bit of... When National Acts would tour, we'd get to be sometimes the opening act and stuff. We got to open for King Crimson on the Discipline Tour, which was interesting because they didn't want any other bands and we were already hired and they they, they said no we want comedians and shit we don't want no other damn band and <laughs> but they let us set up they wouldn't move any gear they didn't strike but i set up the drums on the side of the stage which was kind of interesting and looking towards side saddle and um we were i think one of the only ones on that tour that got to open up for them so yeah it was that was fun. a weird period they, it was kind of the adrian blue saying like the talking head guy yeah, yeah. Okay, look, yeah. we should get to Ash. Let's get to Ash. Ash, please, bring your earliest musical recollection. Uh, early? Well, I mean, I, I grew up on classical music, mostly, you know, through my dad. So your uh, earliest memory is hearing classical music your pop's playing? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, where, you know, for where, years, just as a little kid, he would uh, where, he would play where, uh, classical where? records. I'm curious where. Uh, where at? Yeah. Uh, well, in Glendale, California. Okay, well, I can't remind yet. When I get to that point, we won't have to use words. But you're going to have to like enlighten me using words. Glendale. Uh, so Valley. So you're not far from where you are now. Yeah, I've I, I've bounced around L.A. here and there, and I lived in Florida for a while, but mostly I've been here in the Valley. Uh, now, this can is I my ask you one thing? Here. You know, Nels Klein spent a little time in Glen, uh, Glendale, and he said the police there really, they don't have a lot to do, so they hassle you. Yeah, true? Glendale has its own police force, uh, you know, separate from the LAPD. Yeah, of course, it's incorporated, yeah. And and they're 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 pretty notorious uh, for being heavy-handed, and yeah, and I I can bear witness to that. Now now uh, let's get off that because that's a bad subject. But <laughs> back to music. Was there was there instruments, or was your pop just a listener? My pop was just a listener. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny we had a we had a piano, but it was like a. You know, it was a, a piece of furniture. So you never jumped uh, on it. How'd you get on the guitar? In guitar, uh, I, I got a guitar in uh, sixth grade and uh, probably got six months worth of uh, lessons. Did you ask for it or was it foisted? I asked for it for sure. I had, uh, I had taken some piano. Yeah. I was into music, but piano didn't turn me on. I asked for a guitar. They got me a guitar. Parents were cool like that. And yeah, yeah. What was yeah, the first, got, what was the first record you bought yourself? First record? Jeez. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Kiss Love Gun. It was the first, <laughs> first record I bought for oh, myself. Yeah. And, for, and first uh, gig that you saw? Live music? First gig I saw, uh, 
You know, it's funny. Technically, it would be the, this band called Catherine's Horse, who was a uh, like a local Glendale punk rock band. Yeah. Uh, what about what about at school? Were you in the, in the choir? Were you in the marching band? Shit like that. Nah, nothing like that. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm always curious because you know some schools they got rid of their music programs and stuff. Yeah, it, 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 looking back, I mean, there was a pretty cool music program both in my junior high and high school, but I just I wasn't part of it. Yeah, yeah. So, what about like I asked a drummy about the, having the the, the uh, basement band, the garage band? The... Well, I I had a high school band with uh, with Jonathan here. Okay, uh, okay. How that John... happened? Because he was in Memphis. He well, he was in Memphis until he was like seventeen or something. Eleventh and twelfth grade, I did out here. He 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 showed up at the end of high school out here, and we started he's going a band to out here. With he's he's a classmate or something. Yeah, yeah. He we went to we went to school together just for a, like a year and a half together uh, here in Glendale. Yeah. Uh, he, he did the tail end of his high school out here after coming out from Memphis. Okay. And uh, we've been we've been writing songs ever since then. Who whose idea? Because he was already doing bass, right? He was doing it in school back in Memphis. No, well, I mean, kinda. I mean, back in those days, Jonathan was more of a more of a singer. It, it, it's he was he was playing some instruments, but. Uh, he he was in a he was in a cool band in in uh, Memphis called Distemper, uh, where he was the singer, and uh, uh, here in Glendale he he was the singer in in our band Milltown as well, and and drifted Mil, Mil, harder Miltown. and harder into bass over the years. Milltown, you're saying uh, that was your first band? That was my first band. Yeah. Uh, it was probably Jonathan's second band. Right, he was in distemper in Memphis. But uh, yeah. how did Milltown get going? Well, I didn't even start it. Jonathan did. Uh, ah, okay, it, okay, okay. It was some, uh, you know, some cats at school that, uh, that I knew. And uh, I kind of came in as the second guitar player. Um, the, the, I, I, knew, I knew most of the guys in the band and... Uh, it was already rolling before I, I jumped in. That's always a little easier. Yeah, they had a they had a bunch of songs already, and it was a it was already a thing when I jumped in. So yeah, uh, you know they already knew how to do it. Whoa, Milltown, trippy name. And when I think of the valley, I don't think of Milltown, but you know, actually, your <laughs> neighborhood, I do think of Milltown because it's kind of like quarry. Kind of quarry territory, a little dusty, like a. I, I don't know. You know, when you think of L, L.A. or what the Southern California s suburb, it's it's still pretty nature out there. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, October 10, twenty twenty, Dishwap Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour two. Are you a cop? October ten, twenty twenty. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. Bing, 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 bing. Geppetto, Geppetto, 
we played bong, bing, bong, 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 bing, bong, bing, bong, bong, bing, bong, bong, bing, bong, 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 bing, bong, bing, bong, bong, bing, bong. So they shipped us out from Memphis, from Memphis, from Memphis, out west to eat some shellfish, some shellfish, some shellfish. Record label said we need a new dish, a new dish, a new dish. We'll suck your blood just like a dentist, a dentist.
you leave your signature along the way? I could have sworn I smelled you in New Orleans. That scent was wafting across the lake. Something that you ought to know He'll tell you how to think and where to go Who knows just where he knows it's there He'll teach you just how to be cool He knows stuff you didn't learn in
become strong from the inside, rubbing on the underside, pulling in your bedside, running in your ear to hide, rolling from the north down, floating up from underground, all the us from all around, on the rail from downtown, stepping on the brimstone, sitting in the red zone, never ever all alone, calling on the bad phone.
their current leader embodies party. In 45 they find all their values meet. Party of the scandal. They find ways to cheat. In bed with big business. And with the elite. NRA support. Put guns in the street. Embrace the lost cause. Not rebel defeat. Rewrite the Lord's word. The rapture they seek. Destroying the earth. Is their final feat.
People will start the second hour off with uh, Bing Bong, Are You a Cop? Uh, then Sam Bennett with Cheap Perfume, Samuel Lockward, Mr. Never Wrong, Moment of the Cosmonaut from Mooseheart Faith Stellar Groove Band. That's a fucking name. Soldier Dolls out of Wales with Gotham City is Dead. Wow. Maybe they read comics. Huh? How, do you, how do you write that out of Wales? A lunatic's on patrol with the elephant in the room. We are the asteroid out of Austin with duology. The hawk from Iowa City with the test. And finally, status calculate. Are you a cop? So, two of you guys asked, Jonathan, you're in Milltown. This is kind of the beginning. Are you a cop, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because the whole thing is really Ash and I have always been together playing music and then when I got a job working with Greg at SST I met drummer and then that's how we all kind of started jamming together and that's how it all kind of evolved because Ash and I didn't really have a drummer so on the first Are You a Cop record him and I took turns playing drums on it then we finally get a legitimate drummer and it just well boy does that open up a whole new canvas of fun well can I ask you what happened with Milltown well out of high school, you know, I'm a kid actor, and I got a couple of acting gigs, and then I moved up to Portland to do a movie, and then when I came back, everybody's kind of spread out, and then we lost access to our studio, which was a renovated garage from Alex's parents' place. So losing the place to rehearse, uh, me trying to be as productive as I can, and everybody doing their college and shit after school, kind of just loosely dropped everything away and it lightly disbanded. Okay, but you and Ash kept the connect. Oh, yeah, and are still writing songs and each other are so, still so, so jamming and then here, listen to this demo, listen to this demo. That's good, that's good, you know. Oh, so that's what happened. Are you the cop? You're trading demos, like you're making songs on your own and then uh, showing them to each other and, hey, let's make a new proj. And, and you were saying you, you, you both took turns drumming. So this wasn't really for gigs. This was more for a, like a recording proj. Well, actually, it was more just to be able to make songs in our minds. I don't even know if we were thinking about shows or recording. It was more of like, let's make songs that, that, that we're proud of, that we want to let our friends hear. To be that overambitious wasn't even really understood at first, you know, because we didn't really know what we were doing. We just wanted to make songs, and we just kind of grew from that. Now, when you were doing that, what came first, the drums, and then you put on the bass and guitar? No, it's more like, here, I got this song. Do you think this sucks? This is like in this weird C thing, and Ash is real fast to pick up any song, and then he'll pitch songs to me, and then he's real patient and teaches me how to play it on bass, so I'm not a fucking fucktard with it. And then, you know, we kind of grow from there with it. And we just pitch songs so at one you, another, so put the, and then when they're good enough, you go record them. Yeah, but I'm asking about the recording. So you put the drums on last, or did you first? Because a lot of bands, like, for example, Stevie Wonder or Dave Grohl, when they did the one-man records Prince, they always started with the drums. So I'm wondering if you didn't have a permanent drummer, where was the drumming yeah. in the recording? Yeah, it's the same thing. We lay down that canvas. We do the drums first. You're practicing. It's like, okay, you're playing the hi-hat better. Do the drums on this one. And we're doing it the same way. Just okay. do drums first, okay. then bass, then guitars, then okay. vocals. Okay, I'm curious. So how did you find drumming? 
through Greg Ginn at SST. Drummer's banging on the front door at SST with no shirt on. Now, which and one a is this? On his shoulder. Which one is this? Is this the Long Beach one? Yeah, exactly. Over on uh, was it Seventh and Linden? No, it was Fourth and Linden. Fourth and Linden. Yeah, yeah, yeah but from, uh, there was, was another. Long Beach there was another time. Long Beach one before that on Alameda's. Yeah, he. That's when the label the label was there, but Casa Destroy was up in North Long Beach for quite a while. Uh, Ninety two. Right. To... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But you know, I know yeah. about the ones that were in Lawndale. You know where the PO box is, and, and oh, yeah, wow. PO box one. Yeah, yeah downtown. Uh, uh, Cabrillo and old uh, downtown Torrance. That's where we used to practice. Minutemen would practice with Black Flag. So they had different locations. That's why I'm asking. I think the yeah, fingerprints yeah. people have got the SST sign because it's really near where it was on Fourth Street. Uh, so what was it? For <coughs> so you met because you were working at SST. Yeah, while I was in college, my day job was working in promotions in Long Beach with Greg at SST. And then I'd also be boxing up and doing shipping and just any little thing that we sure, could do. Sure. And what was yeah. Drummy? How, was he jamming with Greg? You were doing Gone then, right? Oh, yeah. I was doing a lot of recording Ah, with Greg. so you, you took over after Sim Kane? Yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, I first met Greg in 92. I played with him from 92 to 95. We did a lot, a lot of recordings, you know, and uh, he'd give me, some songs would just be bass tracks, some would be guitar. Then we got into some stuff that had programmed drums on it, and I'd add stuff to it, uh, did some programming. And so it, it was a very mixed time period. And then I came back to him, um, like 2001, 2003 area. That's when I met Jonathan, and I did some, so a lot of those recordings I don't even think have been released. We did one that did get released then, one a different Gone record, and um, and we were doing some live shows. We had a bass player, me and Greg, and a bass player. We were just playing under I think Greg's name, but we were doing a we were actually playing on some Black Flag songs and all over the L.A. regional area. You know, we do Bakersfield. We 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 did regional California stuff for a while, and then um. Then we ended up just going to recorded bass, and it took a while to get that down where we didn't even have a bass player, but we had a bass rig on stage, and it was funny to see people get drunk and try to figure out which one was the guitar player and which one was the bass player, you know. The My My War record has Dale Nixon, right? But it's actually Greg playing the bass. I, yeah. I, I want to play Revlon Slew.
till I wake up in the morning And here comes the world Rub my eyes a little And here comes the world I put my feet on the floor And here comes the world And then I, I go outside
time. Now is the time. Sobriety and I have nothing in common. So Brian and I discuss the forgotten. We've got plenty. Do you see that they are coming to take you back to the sun? And heaven knows how easy it is to read. And hell if I know who created the enemy. Is it me? Or just a mirage of a single crime to blame on the sea. Along with your smile, constantly defiled with the price of the bargains, forbidden trials for the free. Quietly resign as you scream at the fitting maze. Latest full pool craze. Hey, you come skate with me. We'll design a new line and in time we will find we retreat. And as our bearings roll over this great earth, constantly scaring will take toll on our rebirth. I'm trying to say the songs here, Jonathan. Uh, oh, Revlon Slew from Are You a P- Cop? Man in Motion from Punk is a Doornail. Dollum with Here Comes the World. Now, running out of problems. Home and Garden. That's Scott and Tony from Perubu. Birthday Live. I think Scott's son's singing. And Bullets are Balloons out of Spokanistan with Eve Seven. And we were trees. Are you a cop? Where did you guys record this record? At Ash's place. How long here in Sun Valley. How long did it take? Well, it took a while because we cut demos first and then we did everything separately. So I'd say that probably took about seven months to do because of our day jobs and just trying to crank it out. 
but it was all home brew, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think that's bitching. It's not all the bad new days because you can do stuff like that, which was kind of harder in the older uh, days. Is it is it self-produced? Oh, yes, yes. Also helped with our good pal Nick Hahn spent a lot of time with us, so props to his greatness. Yeah, I was going to ask, was somebody like working a desk while you guys did this or just well, Ash works the desk, and then he tells me what buttons to push when he's on the other side of the glass, okay, you know. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and you were talking about demos. So, like, the, what, individual band members make demos, or do you do, as a band, make demos? As a band, we made demos so we could kind of get the feel and really sure. discuss, because, you know, we really wanted to make something beautiful and unique and thought out and not try to get lucky. We really wanted to go in with a mindset of this is what we want to do. Let's really do this. And so we thought demos, even though we take a lot of extra time, was important. So we did them. And what number record is this for Are You a Cop? I believe this is the fifth. Fifth Are You a Cop record. Four LPs and like one EP kind of thing. I think that's right. But you did try to do something different with number five. Oh, definitely. The other records, we tried to be all like Frank Black and you guys and record at the exact same time. The other records, we hit record and play at the exact same time and then do vocals over it, you know, and just rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. This time it's like, let's separate and do everything on our own and try to be perfect, steely Dan, butthole tight, you know? Yeah, you know, uh, Charlie, he went live to two-track, like Nat King Cole days, you know? Oh, sweet. What, yes. what, the Catholics, right? right. Uh-huh, yes, Look, We're yes. at the end of the second hour, October 10th, 2020. Special guests are you, cop. Hold tight for hour three. October 10th, 2020. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Looking down the subway line, because this ain't none of my business.
Shall we start off the third hour with Wilshire Lights? And fuck all that rap we had to go with that tune because we ain't going to get to it. <laughs> Crane with Resolution Residence. See, I don't fuck up when it's time to take pictures. I fuck up all the time. PNDC <laughs> and Housework with the hair special art shit from Pussycat and Dirty Johnson's and Eyelash Out. Are you a cop? I am going to revisit this one. This is punk rock without the K. It's pun rock. Okay. Eyelash. Get it? Okay. Uh, listeners out there, I'm really curious about the first Are You a Cop gig, and uh, I forgot to ask, so take it, guys. Well, the first Are You a Cop gig is we invite all of our friends, because Ash has the studio here, so we throw a party. So invite all of our friends to showcase our songs and, you know, to have fun. And that's who we do it for. So you're telling me, are you a cop? Got it all together before you ever did a gig. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because what had happened is, you know, Ash and I went to high school together. And yeah, we're all old and oldie. And we got into a fight for a while and talked to each other for a bit and then missed each other so much. And then I'm like, gosh, I miss being in a band with you so bad. Let's be in a band together and let's do this. And. You know, we just picked it up right there, and then there was a show at the house, and then after that, you know, we started playing a lot, and then look, Greg... Look, hold on, hold on. Who picked the name? I did. It kind of started out as the... It was a song first. It was a, it was a song Jonathan had written, and then he proposed it, you know, as the name of the band. Okay, okay. And this first gig, you're called Are You Cop? Yes. But why no question mark? Well, because I didn't want it to be a question at first. I thought it was more like just a statement with, went, that, went without stay, that went without say. And then that night at Sunspace when you were like, there's no question mark. And then you started talking about that. And then the three of us sat down and were like, you know, what's kind of right? It is really a question more than a statement. And there's really where the big epiphany came of, let's put a question mark on it. And boy, this is going to really change everything. Yeah, the heavy word is R. That's such an interrogative, you know. You know, yes. there are there are ambiguous things in English. And this is where we kind of do the Asian thing where you have tone in your voice. Like, yes. you're going to the store. You're going to the store? Exact same wording. It's the way... You lift up on the end there, right, to show that there's a question mark. I tried right. doing that oh, same thing. I tried doing the same thing with "Are you a cop?" and it just don't work. It's like always got to be like an interrogative. So, anyway, that's okay. Band names, song titles—you can't copyright them, you know. Uh, you can brand a band name. That's right. that's true. Right, Red Cross but had to put some case. Want to hear people there. say it? feeling yeah 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 and and then was that first gig was drumming in the band no nick Hahn, ironically enough who is still engineering with us was the first drummer and that's why we have one record called before drummer where nick Hahn actually plays the drums and how long he lasts oh well he lasted forever but then when we met drummer he was like 
<laughs> That's Gregory Moore from Gone, you fuckface. You beg and plead, and you get him in this band now. You bench me now, now. You know, you know the, like the you know the Keith Moon story with the Who, right? He he took the guy. Yeah, he played yeah. his kit and like destroyed it and shit. <laughs> yes. Well, here I yes. want I want to play uh, seatbelt. <laughs>
told myself I'd give her my Richard Pryor ashtray. I tell myself all kinds of lies. Oh. Why for Pedro Show? Last music for this edition. Seatbelt, are you a cop? I remember when, uh, yeah, that you, you, most cars didn't have seatbelts. You had to pay extra for them. Uh, petrol Terriers from uh, England. I think Newcastle. What do they call them? Geordies, yeah. A song called Exeter, though, which is way south. Lewis Cole after that, your moon. Thum with Shayton. That's not Satan. That's Shayton. S-H-A-Y-T-A-N. Don't get too happy. Then Galextasy out of uh, Joshua Tree. Sir Kelvin Gerard. Jared doing Heaven Channel Season 2, LP7 Part 1. These people, since March, during the Quentin Quarantino mode, 18 records. So I'm going to hear anybody fucking complaining there's nothing to do. Get off your hands and record, people. Finally, (laughs) are you a cop doing what kind of car does Gibby Haynes drive? Yeah, I couldn't tell you that. But I will say the first uh, Hollywood gig that Butthole Surfers did was with the Minuteman and uh, Big Boys at the Grandia Room on Melrose. Oh. Oh, and I remember, that's so magical. I remember uh, Gibby coming on stage. Now, in these days, he played a lot of sax, and Paul sang like half the songs. They had another, uh, they didn't have uh, Teresa and uh, King yet. Guy they called Eskimo on the bass, I think, the drummer man. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, uh, I remember Gib with a big ass giant jar of uh, Vaseline. We're going to have fun tonight. <laughs> so uh, there's pictures, actually. Not of that, but of the gig. Uh, Hank Rollins, like, giving uh, Ronnie James Dio fingers to uh, debut. And this, this place turned into a new wave pad called the Martini Lounge. Terrible. But it was a Mexican uh, child pad before that. It was very happening we, down the street from the... Uh, Helen at the Anti Club. So, so, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, uh, just you know, everywhere, Spotify, no, wherever you want to go, dig around. I mean, no, we're really not that cop? Is big there a, and juicy you and know what really to plug. So, I'd say just you know, no, go is dig there, the what I'm asking dig. you, is there? An, are you a cop website? No, no, that stuff's not the, really what we're into. I'm just trying to make music and be entertaining. And even though, you know, I made fans. Okay, then so hear me out here. Having your stuff, own, it's really hear, more about trying out. to let the music do itself. I'm not asking you that, though. Hear me out. Yeah. Like having your own fanzine. Because you do mm-hmm. post shit up at that corporate shit like Fake Look and Instant Ham and Shitter. Mm-hmm. Well, if you do shit like that, don't get all precious about not being on the internet. Because you do go through their platform, crap form. So why, my, my suggest is get your own website, then you won't have any middleman. You can get them for free at WordPress, okay? Oh, that's remember, definitely good advice. in the old days, yeah. they had this shit called, uh, oh, man, they were terrible. Uh, remember those old sites? And they'd have all this advertising you'd have to deal with, right? Uh, anyway, uh, I just want people to be able to find you. You, you mentioned somebody, uh, what, Spotify? Yeah, and of course, you know, there is an Are You a Cop Instagram, even though we don't really spend too much time on it. What about Bandcamp? I hear that's the the good web place for bands. 
Well, you know, it's like everything's a good place this Thursday. The next Tuesday comes around, and I just, my feeling is I just want to make music and it be entertaining. And then if when I love somebody, like when I love Ween, I'll go find that band. You know, when I find this band, like, oh, I'm going to go find them. When you find what you love, you go dig and find it. So we're going to be there, and we want to be there for them. But at the same time, I'm not following all this fucking stupid, here's what's cool today shit. I'm in a band to make music and be entertaining, not be whatever the fucking internet wants. We're music, not electricity. Oh, so you want to get rid of phones and automobiles and uh, bass guitars and... I'm feeling a healthy shit. a healthy dose of jive here. Like, for example, <laughs> this fucking radio show's on the internet. You want to get rid of that, too? Uh, no. I mean, I don't want there to be cans and little strings at every house. You know, there's certain things, but... I just want to be entertaining without trying to be slutty. And I am a slut to make you want to love me. So it's a weird contradiction, you know? Okay. I didn't mean to open a can of worms. I just want yeah. people to find you on the internet somehow. But I guess they, they got to search. Uh, yeah. What's next for the band? Well, we have this new record coming out. There's 18 songs, but because of Corona, we have to wait. We're getting it pressed at the Memphis Pressing there in the fine state of Tennessee, but we have to get in line and just wait. The presses have stopped and we are going to play live as soon as we're allowed to. And in the meantime, we're going to put up some stuff and try to do little fun things to try to get people to be entertained. But while we're here waiting, we just keep writing songs and do what we can. Okay. Uh, what about uh, you, Ash? And Drummy, any last words? Um, no, I'm good. <laughs> Ash? Oh, oh uh, I, I need to go back to sleep, honestly. Okay. I wish you all the luck in the world for uh, the uh, record number six. Well, thank you so much. It's an thank honor you, to be here. Okay. Thanks, Mike. October 10, 2020, this is Wap Peter, so keep your powder dry. <laughs>